When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sunday Showcase. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. everyone to the Sonic Society, the world's showcase of modern audio drama and the beginning of the 19th season. I am thrilled to be here. I am your erstwhile and yet still strangely current host, Jack Ward, here with my perennial yet still famously regular as clockwork co-host, Mr. <laughs> David Alt. Thank you very much. Um, I've not been described as regular as clockwork for a while, but I suppose that's just my fiber intake. <laughs> There you go. David, are you well-rested from your long season treading the boards at the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse? Well, if you mean the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, where for 14 seasons we've spent every summer presenting recreations of old-time radio shows, and to wit I've been the host of said Summerstock, then, well, absolutely yes. And I'm assuming that there is no rest for the wicked with you. (laughs) That's right. And there's no one more wicked, I guess. Uh, (laughs) This is the beginning of our countdown of the 20th season and we're at the very beginning of season 19 i feel this is another good time for some goal setting do you have any goals for this season for audio drama uh i'm going to be in all of them i think that is uh, that's a smart goal it, it's it's measurable it's it's got all of it yeah, I think, yeah considering how many are out there now that that's totally doable by you i'm stunned i'm still gonna be in all of them absolutely it's like, i have to create this would be a content rich podcast the david alt podcast that you just gave me an idea well, which is nothing but david alt in every single show that would be amazing yeah well that, that was the first season of shadows at the door after that's all right. that's right uh, and if any if any of the listeners don't know about shadows at the door do go and check it out where i was the entire cast for season one it's a horror ghost story of the mr james style yeah uh, so the creeping horror where it's all about the atmosphere and it's fun i love that show it's really well done Thank do you, you have anything <laughs> planned specifically for halloween or the the, the month of october uh for halloween uh yes the um the creators of nine to midnight which uh, started off as a uh, a, a collection of producers, uh, a lot of which are now with the Rusty Quill. So you're talking about Harlan Guthrie of Malevolent, Dylan of Woebegone and various others will do a short collection of little short stories and uh, as if they're sitting around a campfire. And uh, this year is the third year oh, wow. of this. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting involved with that. Oh, that's fantastic. And I haven't heard you mention too much of No Sleep recently. Are they planning some interesting stuff? Uh, not so far as I know, but of course, uh, No Sleep is uh, one of the 
main horror fiction podcasts out there. So uh, if they're not doing something for Halloween, uh, I would be very, very surprised. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> David's still the other David. This is very, very busy guys. He is. Yes. Yes. And how about you, Jack? What 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 plans do you have? <laughs> Opening boxes and finding a place <laughs> to just relax for a while. I have obviously uh, before the end of the year, I would like to have two feature length audio dramas done. That's wow. a big thing. First one will be my Shakespearean comedy, and I'm mm-hmm. definitely want you involved. And oh, I love Shakespeare. Yeah, yes. so I, absolutely, I, I we'll be doing like it's because I I want to try to be as as close to the language and as effective as possible with that. We'll be doing just some table reads and uh, to begin with, and I'll mm-hmm. get people's reactions and thoughts and and suggestions for fixes, and and we'll go from that too, and then we'll do a full recording and we'll put it on mutual stage, which will be lovely. And, that and would be then the yes. second one will be, I would love to be able to finally finish this Christmas show of mine. Man, that would be a cool one to have you involved in as well. So that would be good. That's And that's going to be a feature length one as well for Christmas. Oh, that'd be lovely. Those, yes. those are my two major ones. I'll probably fit something in for uh, some creepy thing in for uh October as well. I don't know if we'll be doing transcontinental terror. It's going to be one of those where it really depends on how much time I have to be able to dedicate to it. But I, I would love it, to. It's just just say it'll be a bit like the British rail system <laughs> where you don't know if it's going to turn up, but you sort of hold out hope. Exactly. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to go full steam into doing some more of those feature length shows as well as a lot of my serial shows. So I've, I've got Wingman mm-hmm. planned. I, the cool thing is, is that I, I'm lining up with a lot of people who will do the production side, which is my, my hated spot. So if the more I can do <laughs> the writing and setting up and the recording, the more I can get other people mm-hmm. to do the production, the more I can kick off to do stuff. Some more Biff Straker, Austin Beach and I are going to mm-hmm. be working on, I have a Star Wars fan fiction one that I've been wanting to do and he's a huge Star Wars nut. So we'll try and get that done too. So <laughs> a lot of those things I just want to get off my desk. So, uh, cause I've been putting them off for so long. So it'd be kind of nice. We should probably, uh, not give away too many details so that by the time it all comes around to everyone it's a it's a lovely surprise for everyone and besides we have to kick off this inaugural week of season 19 and to do so we have a special feature of the crossing guard tapes by jim waters with tape one side a and b and side a of tape two absolutely and stay tuned after the show as i've got an exclusive interview with jim waters and jazz garwell for sonic speaks All that and so much more coming on the Sonic Society. This is a live broadcast of the Crossing Guard tapes coming to you from an undisclosed location. What you are about to hear is true. This is an unauthorized account of Mike Limbo and his time as an agent for a covert organization known as the Guards of the Realm. The Guards had been a shadow society, operating underground for more than five decades, and until recently had remained virtually unknown. When Mike's secret tapes were discovered, they were brought to the attention of government security agencies, where they have received the highest priority. Join us as we bring you the first installment of the Crossing Guard tapes. 
dark. I can barely make out any shapes. Or maybe I can't. It's frustrating because my eyes can't seem to adjust to the light. I know my right! 
My vocal cords were totally shredded. I couldn't have screamed again if I wanted to. I coughed and a little blood trickled out of my mouth. Eventually a guard appeared around the corner followed by a few orderlies dressed in white. One of the orderlies aimed a gun at my thigh and fired something into my leg. Not a bullet, but something. I remember giving him the finger and then getting very, very sleepy. I told him where he could shove it. And then I took another nap. January 16th, 1987. I really, really like my new job. I know I'll really get into it if I give it a chance. I mean, it's not the most demanding job in the world, but that's exactly what I need right now, especially after all the shit I've been through. Pay isn't exactly great, but if I can find a cheaper apartment, I'll still be able to afford to keep my car and... God, I love my car. I would rather die than to lose that car. But I think this job is going to work out just fine. Things are looking up. January 23rd, 1987. Well, I've been on the job a whole week now and finally feel like I'm settling in a little. Best seven days of my life. Pretty great. It's giving me some discipline that I've needed in my life for a long, long time. But I like it. This is friggin' awesome. Got to set my alarm last night. That's so stupid. 
ended up getting to work a little late. Mr. Jakeman, my boss, was pretty pissed off. I apologized, forwards, backwards, sideways, and I promised that it would never happen again, but he just wouldn't listen. But you know what he did? He fired me. Told me to drop by tomorrow and pick up my first and last paycheck. Told me to return my stop sign and the orange crossing vest. What does he think I'm gonna do, steal him? Of course I'll return them. I can't believe I was such an idiot, though. It's an honest mistake. But it was totally my fault. I just have trouble sleeping sometimes. Lay in bed for hours, trying to force myself to go to sleep. By the time I do finally fall asleep, I can't wake up. That's why I have to remember to set my alarm the night before. So stupid, though. Damn it. I have no one to blame but myself. Disappointed myself. Mr. Jakeman, the kids. As if he never has problems sleeping. Give me a friggin' break. Notice that I didn't curse. I said friggin' instead of You know what I mean? Trying to act more professional these days. Swearing can make you seem ordinary and... Not very educated. The training video emphasizes language and personal grooming as important crossing guard traits. And it's something I'm really working on. Guess there's no reason to go to sleep early tonight, though. I would go out and have a drink somewhere if I had any money, but I don't. Maybe I'll just go downtown and walk around. See what I can find. Nothing else to do, really. You have just heard the first chapter of the Crossing Guard tapes. We are shutting down our transmitter now to prevent the deep state from tracking our signal. And, dear listeners, due to the FBI's tireless efforts to recover the tapes, they could be monitoring any mentions of our site. So please rate, review, and share this podcast at your own risk. Until next time, co-conspirators, stay alive and spread the word. The Crossing Guard Tapes was written and produced by Jim Waters, featuring the voice talents of Tommy Nikolai and Pat Waters, with original music from Pendulum Incorporated. 
Technical support and marketing, courtesy of Jazz Garrowall. Good day, fellow believers. We are back with another installment of the Crossing Guard Tapes. As always, we come to you live from an undisclosed location. What you are about to hear is true. This is an unauthorized account taken from the diary of Mike Limbo and his time as an agent for a deep state organization known as the Guards of the Realm. This is Mike's story, and he's on the run. Help us get the word out. Join us as we bring you the second installment of the Crossing Guard Tapes. January 31st, 1987. So I went to see Mr. Jakeman this morning. Turn my gear, pick up my paycheck. He was a lot nicer today, especially after I apologized again. He seemed to be much more understanding, and I even got him to agree to call me if he ever needed a substitute crossing guard. Sometimes they call in sick or take vacations. And just need someone to fill in for him at the last second. I told him though, anytime, any place, call me, cause I'm your man. I think I convinced him. I guess we'll wait and see. What time is it? Jakeman. Mr. Jakeman. Ah, good morning, Mr. Jakeman. How are you? Is that stick still up your ass? It's been a while. Is, uh, is everything okay? Mike, there's a temporary opening. You interested? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No. I thought you'd forgotten about me. I, I can be there in an hour. Out of bed for this. Mike, hold on to your seat. I haven't even told you where it is yet. You don't gotta be a prick about it. Yeah, yeah, count me in. Count me in, Mr. Jakeman. Can you make it quick? We've got a situation. Bob Fossil down at Midvale tore his rotator cuff. Can't even hold up a stop sign. If you can't hold the sign, you ought to resign. What do you say? Yeah, I'm in. I'm your guy. Definitely. I will be there in, in ten minutes, tops. You'll be doing me a big favor, Mike, and it could be a step in bringing you back full time. I will be there, Mr. Jakeman. Thank you so much. I owe you big time. I promise I will not let you down. I'm your guy. Even though you're a fuckstick.
September 18th, 1987. Stay on the curb, stay on the curb. Been really involved with my job lately. Alright, let's cross. That's why I haven't been back to write much. Jesse, stop lagging behind. You're always lagging behind every time we cross this road every single day. I am finally beginning to get to know some of the kids a little better. Hey, Jessica, tell your mom I said hi. Which ones need more time to cross, and which ones need a little special attention? Stay back. One of my kids spaced out a little this afternoon and almost stepped off the sidewalk in front of a bus. Get back on the sidewalk! It's a close call. Really gotta stay on my toes with this gig. If I'm not careful, I could lose one of my kids. It's important that I stay focused and that I keep it together. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The crossing guard controlling the northeast corner is a uh, new friend of mine. His name is Eddie Richter. James, why are you crossing again? It's taken him a few days to warm up to me, but he's slowly coming around. All in all, he's a pretty cool cat. Your kids would never make it home without me, would you? I guess Eddie's been at Hazard for a few years now, and he's got some great stories to tell. More on that later, though. I gotta run. Eddie actually invited me to his house for a little get-together. Hey, there's cars coming. Get on the I don't want to stay out too late since tomorrow's a work day, but I haven't been out much lately, so I'm kind of looking forward to this. Should be fun. September 25th, 1987. Last night, Eddie confided in me that the guy I replaced died on the job. Now I understand why it took so long for Eddie to warm up to me. I mean, you never know when you're going to lose your partner out there in the trenches. It doesn't pay to get too friendly with someone who could get taken out at any time. He told me that the guy died after he tried to save a first grader who'd run out into traffic guy fell into the path of a school bus. It chewed him up and sawed him in half like a sausage. And then after that, it took him more than three weeks to die. Eddie got pretty choked up when he was telling me about it. He couldn't even tell me the guy's name. It almost brought him to tears and I let it go after that. Fortunately, the guy saved the kid though. She didn't even get a scratch. Pretty impressive. And that's what happens when you die in the line of duty. That story put me in the worst mood. And I was extra careful with the kids this afternoon. Talk about walking around on eggshells. I promised myself that I would never allow that to happen on my watch. No casualties on 22nd Street and Plummer. Not as long as I'm here. I made that pledge to myself and to the kids.
September 29, 1987. It was pouring like crazy today. Really had to be on my toes. It's been raining steady since last night, and there were some pretty huge puddles building up on 22nd Street. By the time school let out, 22nd looked more like a river than a city street. You practically paddle down the middle of the road if you wanted. It's days like this that separate the boys from the Marines. You know what we say. No retreat, no surrender. It's put up or shut up time. They don't hand out medals for this kind of work, but you can walk around with your head held high, knowing that when you were called, you served. Luckily for me, I was well rested and well fed, as I've been trained. Here's what happened. Thunder and lightning was crashing all around us. It was like a goddamn war zone, man. The trucks and buses cruising down 22nd Street were cutting through the rainwater like speedboats on a lake. Sending waves crashing over the curb and onto the sidewalk. One of those waves was so big it totally nailed some of our kids. A bunch of them were huddled together, soaking wet, taking shelter beneath trees and awnings. But the rain didn't let up. And it was cold as hell, too. Man. I sure felt sorry for the kids. They look like drowned rats. It was miserable. An eighth grader tried to ride her bike home, but she lost her balance and fell into the wake of a bus. Her books and notebooks got washed into a sewer drain. The poor girl was crying and soaked to the bone. I took charge, helped her while Eddie took over the whole intersection. He had to direct traffic and cross the kids safely until I returned, and by his looks, he was none too happy about it either. If looks could kill, I would be dead right now. Sometimes you forget how intense this job can be. Today was my wake-up call. If I'm gonna pull my weight around here, I need to be more prepared. I need to know what's going to happen before it happens, and more so, prevent it from happening. I'm just glad that Mr. Jakeman wasn't around to see it. I'm not sure that he'd be so sympathetic a second time. You have just heard the second chapter of the Crossing Guard tape. We are shutting down our transmitter now to prevent the deep state from tracing our signal. And dear listeners, due to the FBI's ceaseless crusade to find Mike and recover the tapes, they could be monitoring any mentions of our site. So please rate, review, and share this podcast at your own risk. Until next time, co-conspirators, stay alive and spread the word. The Crossing Guard Tapes was written and produced by Jim Waters, featuring the voice talents of Tommy Nikolai and Pat Waters, with original music from Pendulum Incorporated. Technical support and marketing, courtesy of Jazz Garrow. Good day, fellow believers. 
We are back with the third installment of the Crossing Guard Tapes. As always, we come to you live from an undisclosed location. What you are about to hear is true. This is an unauthorized account taken from the diary of Mike Limbo and his time as an agent for a deep state organization known as the Guards of the Realm. Mike is on the run, running for his life. Help us get the word out. Join us as we bring you the third installment of the Crossing Guard Tapes. October 31st, 1987. Today is Halloween, and some of the kids are wearing their costumes to school. I love this time of year. It always brings back such great memories. The chill in the air, the leaves changing color, falling, drifting in the wind. Today, it is cold and damp. I really hope it doesn't rain tonight. November 1st, 1987. Went to a costume party with Eddie last night. He's basically my only friend right now. Hal, if it wasn't for him, I probably would have just stayed home and jerked off. November 7th, 1987. Went to see Mr. Jakeman this morning before my shift. Mike, how you doing? So nervous, I almost ran a red light. You alright? You look a little weird. Caught it just in the nick of time, though, which... Was lucky for me, since there was a cop right behind me just waiting for me to screw up. You alright? You don't look so good. Still, like... I guess I must have looked pretty shaken up, though, because Mr. Jakeman asked if I was feeling all right. Mike, you sure you're all right? You look a little green in the gills. For some reason... Looking a little... I made up a stupid lie. Are you sick? I told him I was a little worried about my mother because she was in the hospital. You look sick. I had no good reason to lie about it. I just didn't want him to think that the job was too much for me to handle, that I couldn't take the pressure. Pressure too much for your kid? Plenty of pressure to go around, believe me. But I can't afford to be passed up for another promotion. Probably not gonna work the whole day, Just need to are keep you? my head screwed on straight and to try even harder. I know I have what it takes. You don't have what it takes. I can't convince Mr. Jakeman. It's gonna take a whole lot of tears to make me believe there's a storm, kid. Anyway, so I tried to change the subject, but Jakeman wouldn't let it go. To make things worse, I told him that my mother had brain cancer. Brain cancer? He acted all worried and stuff. No coming back from that. Told me that I should take a few days off. You gotta take a few days off, Mike. Fucking phony. Spend some time with your mom. If he gives a rat's ass about my mom, or anybody else, probably fire her ass too if he had the chance. Speak up, kid. Is she alright? Funny thing is that, uh, my mom always told me not to lie. She used to say, lies beget bigger lies. I wasn't kidding about that, yet I kept digging the hole deeper and deeper. Then, to prove what a miserable fucking moron I am, I told him that she was at St. Mary's Hospital. 
So Mr. Jakeman goes, St. Mary's, you know, my wife's an administrator there. I'll have her look in on your mom. Make sure she gets the best care money can buy. Totally fucked myself. Mom was right. Not lying, anyway. He must have checked out my story, too, because sure enough, when promotions were announced, my name wasn't on the list. Totally sucks, because I've been working my ass off lately. Now I've got to figure out a way to get back on Mr. Jakeman's good side. Maybe I'll just slit one of his tires again. December 21st, 1987. Must be feeling pretty confident about my job now that I've been here for six months. Eddie even noticed it. Told me that I look like the king of my domain. I don't know what that means, but I There haven't been any real incidents in a while, and Eddie and I work well together. Kind of like a team, or in Eddie's own words, like a well-oiled machine. Always cracks me up when he says that. Some days I'll even hear him across the intersection repeating it over and over again to himself. Like a well-oiled machine. Like a well-oiled machine. The weather's been pretty decent so far, but sometimes when I get home from work I find that my balls have shrunk into the size of peanuts. I love this time of year. Except for the part about my balls. That I could do without. January 15th, 1988. <sighs> I had to sell my car last week. I'm only writing about it now because I've been crying uncontrollably for the last seven days. I held on to it for as long as I could, but... In the end, I just couldn't afford to pay for gas and car insurance. So... It's a sky blue 68 Bonneville. Such a sweet looking car. Chicks really dug her too. Better than a girlfriend. I could always feel their envious eyes on me, watching me drive by. But not anymore. I'm gonna miss that car for sure. Miss that car for sure. I'm gonna miss that car for sure. <laughs> I'll be taking the bus to work from now on, which is okay since there's some pretty hot chicks riding the bus these days. Hey, baby, mind if I stay here? A lot of people complain about taking the bus, but I don't think it's so bad. The only annoying part is the two-hour wait at every goddamn bus stop, surrounded by homeless people begging for change. Or white trash druggies begging for change. Hey man, you got a, got a cigarette? No, I don't have a fucking thing to give you! I even made enough money to catch up on my rent, which was, you know, only three months late. I opened a bank account too. The money that was left over. I don't know how long it'll last, but if I want to get my Bonnie back, I better start saving. Eddie and I have been promising ourselves a night out on the town for a long time. And now I finally got the money for it. Hey, got some money. Oh yeah. I almost forgot. 
Mr. Jakeman turned me down for a raise last week. He said that I needed more time to prove myself. I can't argue with him there. I'm not exactly perfect. I'll give him a few more months and ask him again. I've written it in my diary on March 15th to remind myself to ask Mr. Jakeman for a raise. And this time, I'm going to get it. February 3rd, 1988. Oh my god, I saw my Bonneville drive by yesterday. It's good to see my old girl again. God, I miss her. She's still looking sweet. I motioned to Eddie, and I think he must have seen her too. After he helped a couple third graders cross Plummer Avenue, he looked back at me and gave me the thumbs up. That made me feel proud. I was feeling pretty good about myself right then when I lost my focus. And And that can be lethal. That's why you always gotta keep your head screwed on tight. I almost got nailed by a station wagon that was speeding through a yellow light. I jumped out of the way at the last second, Still on the ground holding my ankle when I looked up just in time to catch a full-on spread up some lady's dress. My jaw must have hit the fucking ground because she grabbed her kid and sped across the street before me or Eddie could do the assist. That's pretty much all I could think about for the rest of the day. Hell, I forgot about my ankle completely for the rest of the shift. When I got home, I needed a little me time. I was a man on a mission. Like a well-oiled machine. Well-oiled machine. KY Jelly, Crisco, whatever the fuck. Afterwards, things took a little turn for the worse, though, when my dog grabbed the napkin I had just jerked off to, snatched it out of my hand and ate it before I could flush it down the toilet. Must have had some chicken juice on it or something, but free protein shot. Couldn't help laughing my ass off. More on that later. Eddie thought it was pretty funny too, but then he warned me not to waste my energy, that I should be saving it up for our big night out. Eddie was right, of course. I still wasn't sure what he was planning for our big night, but he assured me that it would be a night to remember. I can't wait. February 18th, 1988. So we're finally going out tonight. This is the big night Eddie's been talking up so much. Still don't know where we're going, but nonetheless, I withdrew the rest of my money from my bank account this afternoon after work. I'll tell you about it tomorrow, I promise. Mr. Jakeman told me that I might be up for a full-time promotion soon. That means I gotta stay on top of this. Don't screw it up, Mike. Don't screw it up. March 19th, 1988. 
stop on the curb. So our big night out was over a month ago, and I still can't talk about it. Maybe I'll be able to deal with it soon, but just not right now. Things have been really intense at work between Eddie and me. Eddie won't even talk about it. Can't even look me in the eye when he speaks to me. April 2nd, 1988. Eddie hasn't been at work all week. It's okay since we don't really talk to each other anymore. Replacement is a real fucking head case, though. Fucking whack job. It's a senile old man who stands on the corner. Idiot. Big dopey grin on his face. Very unprofessional. Waving, bowing, and saluting every damn car that goes by. Ridiculous. First it was kind of amusing, but I kept waiting for him to finish and start helping the kids cross the street since, oh, that's his job. What did he do? He just kept bowing and waving and greeting every single car. It's getting really annoying. The people in the cars loved it, though, waving back and honking their horns. You're too old for this! Wish Mr. Jakeman would drive by while this whack job is doing his fucking freak show. Dumb shit. A nut like that should be kept in a... Bloody pit. A, a nut house. Jerk. Oh, yeah. Finally saved up enough money to buy back my Bonneville. Gonna call the guy I sold it to and buy it back from him. Hopefully, he'll agree to do it. Pretty sure I'll be able to convince him, though, once I tell him how much she means to me. Everything. Can't wait till I'm reunited with my Bonnie. We're like old friends. Best friends. Friends with benefits. In fact, I've never had a better friend than my Bonneville. Been through too many things together, man. Good times, bad times. Either way, I'll be dreaming some sweet dreams about her tonight. You have just heard the third installment of the Crossing Guard tapes. We are shutting down our transmitter now to prevent the deep state from tracing our signal. And dear listeners, due to the FBI's unrelenting effort to recover the tapes, there is a risk they could be monitoring our site. So be sure to keep a low profile when sharing, subscribing, and liking. Until next time, co-conspirators... Stay alive and spread the word. The Crossing Guard Tapes was written and produced by Jim Waters, featuring the voice talents of Tommy Nikolai and Pat Waters, with original music from Pendulum Incorporated. Technical support and marketing, courtesy of Jazz Garawal. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for the Crossing Guard tapes on the Sonic Society website at sonicsociety.org or through Twitter at Sonic Society or at David Alt. Until next week when we'll tune up for a new feature. Ah, I'll make a note. Or two or three. I'm Jack Ward. Have a lovely day. And I'm David Alt. See you next week. How's that for hints to start off the season? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
this as being a Sonic Cinema production. If you produce audio dramas, it obviously isn't to become rich and famous. You love the medium, and you want to share your passion for theater of the mind. The Mutual Audio Drama Network is looking for you. Mutual presents audio dramas every day of the week, each with its own genre. Mystery, sci-fi, comedy, horror, all reaches of the imagination. It doesn't matter if you produced your shows years ago or are still cranking them out. Share them on the world's largest collection of modern audio drama and audio fiction. Give a listen at MutualAudioNetwork.com. And if you'd like to be a part of the excitement, with free access to all sorts of voices, sound effects, music, and more, just drop a line to mutualaudio at gmail.com. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Why not join us today?